Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. You know, often when I'm uh, waiting in a waiting room somewhere that have National Geographic uh, magazines or um, similar magazines about nature and, again, sometimes find articles that refer to uh, ape men and you see these illustrations of uh, people that essentially look like humans overall in their build, but yet they're, they're covered with fur and they've got more sort of a blend of ape and human sort of face. And this whole concept that humans have evolved from ape man or from, you know, from ape-like creature over millions of years dominates the sort of illustrated science books. And, of course, this is what... Uh, the uh, students in our schools and universities are told and, of course, the illustrations of um, these uh, particular evolutionary uh, intermediates um, seem to reinforce this whole concept that that this uh, actually is a true account, that there were ape men that that lived in the past. But we need to remember, of course, that these drawings that are made are simply the imaginations of the artists that draw that drew them. We don't we haven't actually found any uh, remains that, you know, actually show what these people um, look like. In the past, of course, we've found, you know, bits and pieces of skeletons that have been claimed to have been these uh, in intermediates. But in general, uh, most of the time, those uh, pieces of that we've found have either later been shown to be actual ape species or they've found to be actual human uh, species. Now, it's interesting that... The Bible tells us that essentially all the humans that um, uh, that all humans today are descendants from Noah and his family after the flood, which was about you know four and a half thousand years ago, roughly. And so all the people today would be descended from them. And it's interesting if we look at the the Bible account. In uh, particularly in um, Genesis chapter ten, it gives the the uh, generations of the the descendants of of Noah. So uh, Genesis chapter ten starts. These are the generations of the sons of Noah: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. As and sons were born to them after the the uh, flood, and then it, it lists them and lists the sons like the sons of of Japheth. Uh, Goma, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, Teres. And then it would go through the sons of uh, Goma, Ashkenaz, Ripa, um, Togmara, and the sons of Jamin, and so forth, Tarshish, Kittim. And a lot of these names, of course, now, we, we know that there are towns and regions that were named after these descendants. For example, we then go the sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, Canaan. And then we have the, the sons of, um, 
of, of Canaan are, are, are listed there. Canaan became the father of Sidon and so forth. And uh, he was father of uh, Heth and the Jebusites and the Amorites. And, of course, we know that these were, were uh, people that, um, again, towns were named after, uh, nations were named after, for example, Egypt. Uh, because Egypt is just the uh, Greek translation of, of Mizraim, which was uh, the other name for um, Ham's son. And so, and again, today we, uh, you know, um, Egypt is uh, Mizra um, in the local language. I think I've mentioned before, I have an Encyclopedia Botanica Atlas at home and it doesn't have uh, Egypt labelled as Egypt. It has e- Egypt labelled as Mizra. So, again, this, this fits history. This fits the biblical account of... Um, the descendants of Noah actually fit what we actually observe today. Um, the uh, towns, the history, um, and so forth fits the biblical account of the descendants of Noah as recorded in the Bible there in Genesis chapter 10. When we look at these European countries, their, their histories, their folklore go back to these uh, descendants there. And this, I find, is really, really uh, fascinating. Uh, it's interesting in Genesis chapter 11, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and few words, and men migrated to um, the east and, and settled there. And it, it goes on with the account of building the Tower of Babel and how God then confused the languages and the people separated into different groups with their languages. It's interesting, if we look at this date of four and a half thousand years to go, this is really of the flood and the people separating out at that particular time, the different descendants, and then moving in the different directions when their languages became confused or when those um, they were given different languages by God. God confused their language um, and separated them up into different tribal groups. This is it's it's very consistent with population statistics and also with language because the origin of language is one of the major challenges for evolution theory. And um, I have. Um, a colleague that I've uh, corresponded with who's a, an expert, a world authority in the area of uh, linguistics. And uh, he points out that one of the... This is a major challenge for evolutionary theory, and he, he is a creationist. And when we look at the statistics, if we start with Noah's family and calculating population growth using the generation span of 40 years and an average of two and a half uh, children per family, the present world population would be obtained in those four and a half thousand years. Now, we know that in the past people had much larger families. As a matter of fact, uh, up until you know fairly recently with the um, 
advancement of um, reproductive uh, contraceptives, the, uh, the the number of uh, children in most uh, households was much larger than that, and you know families of you know, I know with uh, my parents they came from families of six children and eight children respectively, and that was typical of that sort of generation at that at that time, and. Um, so we would expect the population when you have that many children and, and we knew of families that had, you know, 12 children in their family, they, um, the rate at which the population is going to grow is going to grow very, very quickly. But, of course, we then have, you know, disease and war and this sort of thing. So the calculation of just two and a half um, children per generation is very, very conservative, very conservative. And yet we would reach the world's population in those four and a half thousand years, just at that very conservative level. Now, on the other hand, if human beings supposedly evolved even as recently as a hundred thousand years ago, the question needs to be asked, where are all the graves and remains of the countless billions of people that would have lived and died throughout that period? And where are all their artefacts? And I think this is a really, really important question that challenges this whole caveman, ape-man sort of picture that is presented to us in these, um, you know, history and geographic sort of um, uh, television programs and, and books and articles and so forth. Every now and again they find some caves with cave paintings or some primitive utensils in them and we, we have this picture painted of these really, really uh, people that supposedly evolved over this long period of time. But I, I guess you can ask, well, what about the alleged apeman? Well, I was reading um, quite an interesting article um, by uh, Dr. Andrew Snelling, um, who is a, a PhD um, a geologist, but has worked um, in this area, uh, looking at fossils and remains and and uh, so forth. And I was reading an article that was. Um, uh, t- uh, by him titled Alleged Ape Man, Caveman and the True History of Man. And he writes, uh, but what about the alleged ape man? The hominid fossils that are claimed by evolutionists to be our ancestors are found in localised sediments at the Earth's surface that are clearly post-date the flood. And he talks about how different kinds or genera of animals must have come off the ark and rapidly diversified into um, today's um, uh, species and they migrated across the, uh, the earth and became established um, in different breeding populations. He then looks at the primates and he says, among the primates, minor physical differences would have developed during such speciation. And the hominid fossils are often fragmentary with critical skeletal pieces missing, 
but from the available evidence, most of those remains would appear to be just variations of the pygmy chimpanzees and their relevance. And this includes Austropithecines, um, whose name anyway it simply means southern apes. He goes on, very, uh, the remains of a few of these creatures became locally buried and fossilised primarily in parts of Africa. When we look at these particular fossils that are found, they're, they're few and far between, and the evidence seems to fit that, uh, again, they were just uh, genetic variations of, of, of apes, not apes solely changing into humans. On the other hand, we know that if all the um, descendants of, um, uh, of the world, all, all the people in the world descended essentially from the three sons of, of Noah, so they're carrying that uh, genetic Im- information and their wives. And uh, it says... Um, he, he writes, instead of spreading out across the Earth's surface, of course, Noah's descendants, who still had one language and culture, stayed together in the Tigris-Euphrates area and built the city uh, called Babel. Now, genetic variations in the population means that through intermarriage, there was a complete gradation of external human features, such as colour shades of skin, hair, eye shapes and so on. The biblical account then describes how God directly intervened to confuse the people's language, thus creating turmoil and causing all the family clans to break up along language lines and migrate in all directions away from the Babel area. Now, when we look at the um, geological history as well and we look at climate change and what would have happened and we Think back about the fountains of the deep opening up during the flood. So a lot of very, very hot water was uh, released at that time as well as volcanic material. There would have been a lot of steam and clouds. There would have been quite a glasshouse effect. And then we had the rapid evaporation, which would have produced a very rapid cooling effect that would lead to... um, an ice age, and there's quite a few creationist models that show that the flood model is the best explanation for the ice age that we have. And of course, again, the evolutionist models have these series of ice ages because they have to date it over long periods of time. But even to date, there's no satisfactory non flood model that can explain the ice ages. There's, you know, some of the the models that are based on, um, you know, sort of um, effects out in outer space uh, being related to it. But those models produce changes that aren't anywhere near strong enough to produce the actual ice ages. And so when we look at the flood model, it would now put... Um, the Ice Age beginning to really uh, develop about the time of the Tower of Babel. And it says, so some of these new tribal groups migrated across the land bridges into the Americas while other groups headed into Africa. Uh, Those that went to parts of northern Europe and elsewhere could only find shelter in caves 
and this is um, Dr. Snelling's suggestion, because of the severe weather associated with the Ice Age, and hence this whole concept of cavemen. But it, it makes a lot of sense as these people all migrated away, but you have an ice, ice age in those particular areas in particular. And um, the tribal groups that remained in the Babel area continued on with the civilization they had already developed. But those tribal groups that moved into distant lands had a harsh time, first of all, using whatever they could, such as stone tools to hunt and even... Um, eventually clear land to develop agriculture again before finding metals to again rebuild civilizations. And some tribes didn't progress through these stages. So even as today, there were tribal groups with stone tools living contemporaneously, this is uh, Dr. Snelling uh, words, in adjacent areas with those in metal tool civilizations. So, and of course, this is what we find... Exactly the it, you know what what he's reporting here, what he's suggesting here is that what we observe down through history and what we observe today, there were these groups that were highly civilized and based around that um, area there in Mesopotamia. And when we when you think about this, the Egyptians who were not that far away as Ham migrated down there in Southern Egypt. Uh, founded the Egyptian uh, culture there and they began building pyramids. We know that when we get, for example, to Abraham's time, um, you know, about 300 years later or thereabouts, um, we find suddenly the, um, if we look at um, the Pyramid of Cheops, who would have been a contemporary of Abraham, this pyramid is highly aligned, it's astronomically aligned, it's extremely accurate. And it's interesting, Josephus records that Abraham took the knowledge of mathematics and astronomy to Egypt from, of course, where he was there in, in Mesopotamia. And we know that that region where uh, Abraham uh, was had already uh, developed advanced mathematics and astronomy and uh, particular uh, architectural uh, features had been developed there. So that civilization there was very advanced. And that's exactly where the Bible says that, you know, Noah and, and so forth and the people in Tower of Babel, where they all move from. Whereas if we move, uh, you know, to other areas, we find, of course, at that time, people are, you know, still living in in jungle areas and this sort of thing and still using, uh, you know, primitive uh, stone tools and, and so forth. Uh, Dr. Snelling writes on, not only does, this evidence, does the evidence fit this model for a true history of man, but it has numerous implications. Uh, first, because the tribal groups that migrated to Africa, for example, arrived there after hominoids had been locally buried and fossilised, hominids rather, this would give the false impression of an evolutionary progression, particularly as the tribal groups may have looked different from the other human tribal groups and have initially used stone tools. And likewise, the supposed Stone Age to Metal Ages to civilization, evolutionary progression in humanity and its culture is merely a figment of interpretation 
rather than being supported by the evidence. And people such as uh, Neanderthals, who, like the Cro-Magnons, uh, were our human relatives because even though they may have looked slightly different, they had even larger brain capacities than we have on average today. They were artistic, they buried their dead and often lived in caves because that was convenient in the climate where they were. Uh, he notes that meanwhile the tribal group that became the Australian Aborigines migrated southeast across Asia, across the land bridges down through the Indonesian islands and eventually used rafts to paddle across the few remaining stretches of water to reach Australia, bringing the dingo with them, as some of them recall in their Dreamtime stories. And he says they would have arrived here only about 4,000 years ago, or perhaps even later, because they've always practised circumcision, which was first instituted by Abraham. So this is some really, uh, you know... When we look at what we actually observe out there, um, it, it fits because there's a huge difference be- between the um, development of um, you know, civilizations based around Mesopotamia and moving out in the immediate vicinity to those groups that migrated a long way away, such as to here in Australia, and never developed uh, metals and these sort of things. Um, So if we, again, slotted these um, uh, in, as he writes, finally, unlike the evolutionary view of human history that regards some people groups as less advanced and more primitive and others as more advanced and civilised, the true history of man knows nothing of racial prejudice because all people whether dead, fossil or living, are equal and of one blood, having all descended from Noah and his family after the flood. And, of course, you know, I've uh, talked in other um, uh, times about the, um, you know, the evidence for the global flood um, is just all over the world. I mean, it's absolutely powerful, Um And uh, Dr. Snelling notes this as well. He says, The evidence in the Earth's rocks and surface features bears unmistakable testimony that this world and all the creatures in it were created by an intelligent designer, and this happened only thousands of years ago. A catastrophic global flood then swept away most of the life on the Earth's surface, burying many creatures in rapidly deposited sediments, to produce a fossil record as the Earth's surface was reshaped by catastrophic plate tectonics. And that's exactly what we observe. That's what we can go out and see and observe today, the evidence for this. He goes on, crustal rocks were recycled and mixed with the mantle, while radioactive decay was accelerated so that the radioactive elements in the older rocks and the new lavas and intrusions now yield anomalous and old ages, contrary to so much evidence in the rocks and in the earth and the oceans and the atmosphere for a young world. So what he's saying is there's so much evidence when we look at you know the uh, data in the oceans and the atmosphere, the, the earth is young. And... And, I, and, and this is something I've, I've talked about before as well. You know, if we take the same rocks and use the four main different radioactive 
radioactive dating methods on those rocks will get four different ages, often hundreds of millions of years apart. And matter of fact, we can get uh, different datings for different parts of the same crystal, mineral crystal. Um, and of course, these are you know over overlooked um, at times. And also, there seems to be a lot of evidence that there during the flood there was a major catastrophic event. It was a supernatural catastrophic event and that there was a rapid acceleration of uh, radiometric decay at that particular time um, that um, in, of different elements at different rates. Um, and that's perhaps something I could talk about another time in more detail. But Snelling goes on to, Dr. Snelling goes on to, uh, to write, the animals and people that survived this catastrophic flood in the arcs, that's Noah, and the animals that were saved there, repopulated the world after the flood. In the first few centuries after the flood, a rapid ice age gripped the earth, lowering sea levels to provide land bridges that further aided human and animal migration. Many organisms migrated by drifting across oceans on floating vegetation. People originally settled in the Tigris-Euphrates region with the one language and culture, but divine intervention to confuse their language caused them to migrate as tribal groups with different languages and cultures into the four corners of the earth. And so he summarised by saying, so when examined thoroughly, the geological and related evidences totally agree with the biblical account of the history of the earth and of man causing us to acknowledge our creator, God, who not only shaped the earth and created all life on it, including us, but has been intimately involved in our history and therefore our lives. How can we not seek to know him, our creator? So that was um, uh, this uh, geologist. Uh, again, uh, uh, first class Oz in geology, I think the University of Sydney and a PhD uh, from the University of New South Wales, or it might be the other way around. So, and he has worked for um, maybe 20, maybe 30 years in the area of studying creation research. So uh, it's quite uh, compelling evidence that he puts together there. But I think the important point is if humans were these hundreds of thousands of years and even up to millions of years now they're trying to push it where are all the artifacts where of the of the people that lived and the population should be much much greater than it is and where are all the the bodies of the people that were buried where are all the, the remains we know that people like have burials they like to preserve memories of of um, their loved ones. The fact that those remains aren't there is powerful, powerful evidence that for the flood and that humans all descend from Noah only about four and a half, uh, and the flood um, only about four and a half thousand years ago. To me, this evidence is powerful and convincing that the Bible account is the true history of man. You've been listening to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton, and remember if you would like to 
re-listen to this or any of the other programs, you can Google 3ABN Australia, or one word, .org.au. Have a great day. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 